1: Hello
2: and welcome in. We've made it to Friday, final show of the week, and a busy weekend, especially here on the Big X. Yes, the IU game moved to Monday, so no IU-Ohio State on Saturday. But we've got New Albany hosting Bedford-North Lawrence tonight coming up, pregame coverage around 7.15 on Saturday afternoon. We'll flip to the girls' side. We've got the Silver Creek ladies in the 3A semi-state up at Jeffersonville, not a far trip for Scott Shane and his ball club. They will take on Indianapolis Bishop Chittard in a 3 p.m. semi-state game. Will be on the air around 2:45 as as long as everything is on time. Uh, with the earlier game there at the Jeffersonville semi-state, will be there. Uh, for that one, but uh, we will have Silver Creek on Saturday afternoon. We'll be back on Sunday with the statewide pairing show, which will air from 5 to 7 p.m., and then from 7 to 8.30, Chad Gilbert will be with me here in studio, and we will have a a local pairings reaction show, you could call it. We'll talk with a number of the uh, veteran coaches in the area. We'll have uh, Todd Sturgeon of Floyd Central with us, Coming up on Sunday night, Jim Shannon of New Albany, Andrew Grants of Jeffersonville, so we'll take care of 4A with all the local teams. Uh, We'll have Brandon Hoffman, the defending 3A state champions, Silver Creek with us. Matt Lynch, an up-and-coming coach at Charlestown, will join the show as well. Also, uh, Ryan Miller of Providence, Doc Nash of Borden, And IHSA Commissioner Paul Neidig is scheduled to be with us on Sunday evening. So I think it's so fun to hear from the coaches because here in late February, and that's where we're headed, uh, you get to hear from them right after they've learned their sectional paths Uh, that's neat, but also we get a chance to uh, uh, talk about where their ball clubs are at. It's been a long time since we've had some of them on, uh, so we kind of get a chance to catch up here late in the season. So make sure you make plans to join us on Sunday evening. It's always a tradition here on the Big X to have the uh, tournament pairing show from a local perspective and look forward to adding Chad Gilbert to the mix to co-host that program with me coming up on Sunday night. Let's take a look at the show lineup for this Friday program, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in moments. We'll start today with our headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Not a ton of stuff to get to. We're going to touch on IU basketball recruiting for just a moment. Uh, the IU women got back in the win column last night. They're still a top uh, the Big Ten Conference things stand right now, so we'll discuss that. Uh, a good game last night, Iowa and Michigan, and Iowa had a lead, uh, or excuse me, Iowa was down double digits uh, with not a lot of time left, but made just a rampant comeback and had a chance to tie it against Michigan. So another great Big Ten basketball game last night. Uh, IU baseball opens the season this weekend. We'll talk about that. I saw yesterday the Hoosiers are projected in a preseason polling of Big Ten coaches to, to be number six in the Big Ten conference with baseball, so we'll discuss that coming up here in our opening segment. Then later in the show, Dylan Wallace. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He joins us on Fridays for the latest with IU. Dylan does a great job breaking things down regarding this IU basketball program, and so we'll talk with him coming up in just a bit. And Then later in the hour, we always have Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star with us Fridays as well. No one is more in tune with hoops in our state, uh, recruiting in our state, high school sports in our state, than Kyle, uh, who writes for the Star, and he'll be with us to close the week out a little bit later today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And a daily reminder to you, the Thornton's text line is open. All you got to do is get your phone out, Uh, Type in 502-414-1450, and you can send us a question, a comment. You can sound off on your frustrations with the Hoosiers. You can talk about a high school basketball game tonight. You can ask a question for Dylan or Kyle. Uh, Two great resources, two great guests we bring you every Friday. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Don't forget, Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts, and we'd love to hear from you here on this Friday edition of the program. Let's get into some headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news, and there's been, from an IU recruiting standpoint, the last few days, there's been a new name circulating in the class of 2022, so seniors right now, this would be a late addition if things go Indiana's way. The player's name is a due. Fierro, and I believe that's how you pronounce it. Uh, He's a senior right now uh, from Quaker Valley High School in Leetsdale, Pennsylvania, and he was actually at Indiana on Tuesday night for their last game. Considered uh, a late bloomer, this happens so often, players late in their senior year that grow or become more skilled as things the recruiting process plays out, they go from being Maybe a D two or even a mid major level D one player to all of a sudden getting some late interest from you know a conference like the Big Ten or the ACC or other high major conferences. The story with Thierro is he's grown from six foot one to six foot five uh, over the course of the last year or so, and he's reported to have a seven foot wingspan. He has a father named Almani Fiero, who I really don't remember, but he played for John Calipari. At Memphis, and then uh, was a grad transfer to Duquesne. His uh, mother is six foot eight, and uh, or his dad is six foot eight. Excuse me, his mother Miriam was an NBA, a WNBA draft pick, and she played women's college hoops at uh, Oklahoma. He's got a sister as well, eighth grader, six foot three, and uh, his parents are originally from Mali in West Africa. So uh, he's been a late bloomer. I saw he had a forty point game recently for his Quaker Valley team. Um, 18 points in the fourth quarter in that contest. He's averaging 24.3 points per game and uh, is somebody that uh, is definitely going to, I think, uh, you, you want to pay attention to here in the close of the high school season. So Indiana seems to be very involved in him. Uh, it is worth noting that while his recruitment has really picked up and he's hearing from some other competitors at the level of IU, or at least high major schools, IU is the first high major program that he has actually been on campus and visited. He also is hearing from Cincinnati, Ohio State, UTEP, and Robert Morris as well. And again, a lot of this uh, is late growth spurt is what's making Thiero become uh, such a noted uh, recruiting prospect late in the class of 2022. He Also, I was reading a report from Mike Pegram of Peaks.com. He also did not play uh, travel basketball Last spring and summer, because of a foot issue, so you put a growth spurt and then a lack of exposure there, plus just a crazy time with COVID. And you know, two summers ago, there there was really no travel ball and no Peach Jam and no uh, none of the big exposure events. So he has definitely flown under the radar and sounds like a very intriguing prospect to pay attention to. We'll see if Indiana is able to reel him in in upcoming weeks as he wraps up. His senior year of his high school basketball season. Recruiting never stops. We don't talk about it as much during the season because there are so many other things in a one-hour program to get to. But uh, this guy definitely picking up some traction. And when you know he's uh, coming to campus like he did on Tuesday night, that means that obviously his interest in, in IU and vice versa very serious, especially as a late bloomer and as a senior right now. Also, the IU women last night back in the win column, they had kind of a surprising loss earlier in the week to Nebraska, but uh, last night IU able to get past Northwestern 69-58. Mackenzie Holmes made her return to the starting lineup last night, and uh, also uh, the uh, team led by Aleska Goob- uh, is it Gooby, I believe, her third double-double of the season, 20 points and 12 rebounds, 7 of 12 from the field, and uh, the IU women setting themselves up maybe for a big 10 championship they're at the top of the conference still and obviously uh you would think an ncaa tournament run is very possible from this team based on what their season has looked like so far so an update on the women who have uh been uh, you know had a great year but there was a period where they were out for a week and a half because they had some COVID positives then when they came back to play their opponent was out with COVID. And so, just kind of a, a real odd season as it has been for so many folks. But the IUM and I think are going to be fun and, and a bright spot, no matter what happens with the men's program for IU uh, fans to follow. And, and last year, I was disappointed in myself. We did not follow the women on this show as we probably should have. I got into watching their games on a regular basis in in the NCAA tournament, but we're going to follow them closer uh, as we get to the NCAA and get to the Big Ten Women's Tournament coming up here before you know it. Last night, a a good Big Ten men's basketball game caught the end of this one. Iowa trailed by 12 points with about 320 uh, left in the game and still – uh, able to make a comeback despite just a bit of time left, and had multiple chances to tie the game. Went on to lose 84-79 uh, to Michigan. So again, the Big Ten this time of year is so fun to follow. There have been some surprises the last few weeks, especially including this week, and then last night a great game between Iowa and Michigan. I, I just if if there's a Big Ten game on, even if it's Nebraska and someone. In many ways, I would just rather watch that uh, than I would some of the other college games on from other conferences. But it's been a great year for the Big Ten as far as surprises and upsets. I think the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis should be so much fun. Uh, What, three, four days of, of solid, great basketball, Regardless of what Indiana does, uh, it's a fun event to get out to and and watch from the start to finish. Uh, But that will be fun. And and then College Hoops as a whole this year, as I've discussed the last couple weeks, they've just been great games. There have been some great matchups here as we get ready to start thinking more and more about conference tournaments. And by the way, I saw somebody, and I I meant to retweet it, but somebody published a uh, conference tournament television schedule or a conference tournament schedule it takes you through each day uh, the rounds of each conference uh, that is going to be played on that day with the times and you know before you know it we're going to be seeing some of those mid-major conference tournaments get started because they happen what a week or even two weeks I think in some cases in advance of some of the high major conference tournaments like the Big Ten. So uh, I think nothing is better than March Madness in the NCAA tournament. There's nothing at all better. But uh, the conference tournaments, I think, are also a very fun time to watch a lot of different basketball, and uh, that will be fun. And it starts here in just a few weeks from now. uh, We'll be talking about postseason hoops. One sad note to pass along here in our headlines today, former IU football player DeMarlo Belcher was found dead inside of his vehicle, per reports. I read this in the Indianapolis Star. Uh, the cause of his death is uh, still pending, but Belcher played for the Hoosiers for almost four full seasons from 2008 to 2011. He ended his time in Bloomington with uh, 2,225 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns, and he sits uh, number two all-time in program history in career receptions. So uh, sad news for a former IU football player uh, that was found dead yesterday. And IU baseball, they opened their season this weekend. Uh, We kind of track the baseball team from a distance, especially when they get into Big Ten play, but they will actually be Uh, in South Carolina for a three-game series this weekend against Clemson of the ACC. So uh, IU baseball right in the middle as far as preseason projections go of the Big Ten Conference, and they'll get things underway uh, down at Clemson with a three-game set coming up this weekend. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And a reminder to you that tonight we have more high school basketball coming your way at 7.15. We'll be on the air. It's New Albany hosting Bedford-North Lawrence a Hoosier Hills Conference game, and then on Saturday afternoon, 2.45 pregame, Silver Creek Girls against Bishop Chittard from Indianapolis in a one-game 3A Southern Semestate state. The winner moves on to Indianapolis to Gainbridge Fieldhouse. And if it's the Dragons, they'll be trying to uh, defend their 3A state championship from a year ago when they successfully went to Indianapolis and defeated South Bend, Washington. We'll see if they can uh, do it again, but uh, they've got to get back there. They are one game away from the ability to to, uh, play for another 3A state championship game. So... Big stuff, another big season by Scott Shane and his Silver Creek Dragons, and we'll be there to provide you the play-by-play coverage on Saturday afternoon from that semi-state affair. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on this Friday program. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, joins the show. And we always talk IU basketball, especially this time of year with Dylan. And Dylan, it's a, a off weekend for the Hoosiers because of the Big Ten moving the Ohio State game to Monday. I think it was because of a weather cancellation Ohio State had earlier in the season a few weeks ago, it allowed them to get a makeup game in between. Uh, so that's the reason for the delay to Monday and some time for IU and Coach Woodson and staff to try to figure out what's going on in the middle of a real losing streak now for the team.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, um, this has sort of become the norm for this team in February um, that we've seen the last you know five years, and it's it's not been fun to kind of watch things start to slide around this time of year um but i i'm hoping this break um just gives them a lot of time just to, to sort of regroup, refocus, retool whatever they have to do to kind of get back on track cuz i mean hey as as all kind of tournament projections still has them in it, you know. They they still control their own destiny. They just have to start winning some games. Um and it's going to be tough on Monday night um playing at Ohio State, uh, you know, IU beat them already once this season at home, but I think Ohio State's starting to play a little bit better uh, right now. I mean, they had that win again at Michigan. They've had some pretty good wins lately. Um, so they're, they're going to be a tough team to beat, and uh, it's just it's just getting – you know, we're getting down to a real nervous time because we've seen this team just not be able to respond this time of year um, when things start to kind of snowball a bit. And uh, with Ohio State coming up on the schedule, uh, that that could be a potential – fifth loss in a row um which is just crazy i mean you, if you just go back to the illinois game i mean this team was leading at halftime against illinois and everything kind of felt pretty normal and pretty good you know you felt good about everything and then that second half happens, and ever since then the season has kind of completely kind of fallen off the tracks a bit um and it's it's been it's been tough to, to get it back on track and you know that that Wisconsin game was really disappointing. Uh, I know Wisconsin's a good team, but they're not they're not, you know, unbeatable and this twice this season Indiana probably should have two wins over Wisconsin and just weren't able to to close it uh, down the stretch. So that that's concerning. Um it's just kind of concerning all all around. Uh, at least Trey started to play a little bit better though. He was in a little bit of a funk, but um yeah, this team's got to hopefully figure something out on the mental side of things and kind of get back on track cuz uh, if you lose a fifth straight then uh, you're you're in real crunch time. You can't afford to lose any of those three against uh, Rutgers, Maryland, and at Minnesota because uh, it's pro- they're probably not going to win at Purdue either. So um, they're going to be kind of staring down the barrel uh, uh, at the end of February heading into March, and uh, it's going to be tough, but we're going to see what this team has made them that's for sure.
2: Every one of those games that you mentioned, I think fans are going to be on the edge of their seats watching because it just appears that I use – NCAA tournament eligibility and resume and everything else that's going to be considered for the postseason is going to come down to the very end of things. And and as I discussed yesterday, I believe it was Alex Bozich with us, you know, the Big Ten tournament – Uh, draw, I shouldn't say draw, but matchups based on final standings from the conference uh, will be very important for this team because it could get in a situation where to for sure get in or to put them over the line of in or out or off the bubble, they've got to have a win in that first or second game even of the Big Ten Conference.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. Because uh, even if you, you know, let's say you go three and two down this final stretch, you you win those three other games, you lose to Ohio State and Purdue. You know, you're you're not even at 20 wins yet. Um, so, you know, that's it's going to be tough. I really do think it might come down to having to win a game or two in the Big Ten tournament, which I think scares the heck out of a lot of IU fans because this team uh, hasn't really done well in the Big Ten tournament. Um, but you know, they, they they might need to get a victory, at least just one. Um, or hey, maybe, maybe they can steal a road game, and and I mean, even the Rutgers game at home is not going to be as easy as or as winnable as maybe we we all thought it would be earlier on in the year because they're playing. Really well right now. I mean, they're just taking out everybody at the top of the Big Ten uh, when they when they're going up against them. It seems like they've had they've been able to play all of them at home, which has been nice for them. But you know, they've they've been winning a lot of games. Um, but it's going to be interesting uh, for them because Ron Harper Jr. has has like a hand injury and he's out for out for right now, so that that could really hurt them going forward. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could really come down to a, winning a big game in the Big Ten tournament. And, and like you said, it'll come down to matchups. I think right now IU is ninth or eighth or something like that in the Big Ten standings. So, um they're they're gonna play probably that first game on the Thursday, I think, is, is when that those seeds usually play. Um so it it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, that's for sure. And and you know they it's gonna be nerve wracking to even see this team go on the road to, to like Minnesota. you know, can they can they get another road win that they've struggled so hard to I know they won in Minnesota recently, but, you know, they, they just don't play well on the road, uh and Minnesota's, you know, not going to be the the easiest team to beat. So I mean, every single game is gonna be just microscoped, microsc under a microscope, and, and team fans are gonna be really on their edge of their seats, like you said, they're gonna be nervous. Um and it just it, it it feels like you know, we had moments in the season where the team could breathe a little bit, the fans could breathe, oh this team's like a great pace, but now we're back again where every single game feels like do or die. And every single game feels like uh you know, sort of like an overarching theme of, of where the program is. You know, fans are either gonna say this is this program is a mess and it needs to be fixed or or hey, you know, we're fine, we're getting back on track. So I mean it's 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 a it's a tough time. Um and, and, and unfortunately, you know, this losing streak in February has put them in that position. And um, you know, Mike Woodson has been pretty open about, you know, I think after the Wisconsin game he gave some comments about how players were, you know, looking over their shoulders, had you know, fell into old habits, panicked a bit at the end and Things like that. So I mean, he seems kind of aware of the issue, and now we got to see—you know—is he able to kind of fix it? Is, are they able to overcome it? Um, and that's going to be huge. And um you know, I—I I, I don't think kind of a moral victory if you play well against Ohio State is really going to matter. I mean, you got to try to go win that game. um I, I don't think Ohio—I think Ohio State uh, is definitely beatable. I mean, obviously, Nia did it already. I don't think you know playing in Columbus is like a crazy environment that you can't win in. So. Uh, it's going to be huge on Monday night to kind of see. I mean, if they can just steal one of those games, you're going to feel a lot better about the ones coming up.
2: Yeah, no question. Talking with uh, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, I thought about this this morning. You know, uh, this is how far things have progressed in a negative way for IU. Think about the first matchup between Indiana and Ohio State. Now, granted, it was played at Assembly Hall in Bloomington. But Indiana was a winner in that game, 67-51 over the Buckeyes. And as we think ahead about Monday's game, the feeling that I have – watching Ohio State recently and watching Indiana, obviously, recently. And the feeling I get from a lot of fans and listeners is that Indiana really doesn't have a lot of a shot. They may keep it close, but to actually win this game on Monday, I'm not sure that a lot of people would bet that or feel confident in that way. And this is the team that IU beat just earlier in this year, 67-51. That kind of shows, I think, how far the confidence in this team has switched.
3: Yeah, and even I remember after that Ohio State win, um, I mean, you were, I mean, I was starting to look at the Big Ten standings, and be like, wow, like this team, you know, they could, they could be at the top of the conference, like competing, at least like in the conversation, you know, maybe a game or two out of first place in the Big Ten, you know, just how things were shaken out for them. And then, you know, I mean, the Purdue win happens and, and you're feeling really awesome about it. And then things just kind of start to tail off. Um, you have the suspensions, you have the losing streaks, you have the the home losses. That uh, were were really disappointing to see, um, and and Ohio State. I mean, it, I feel like this game could be a lot like the game at Michigan State, where Indiana has some really nice stretches. Maybe they they have a lead in the second half. Things are going well, but it just feels like any time the other team makes puts together a string of runs, Indiana just can't get it together. They can't rebound enough. They they just it's just tough for them to overcome like adversity throughout a game, you know um especially on the road they just let it over overwhelm them and and they just get really sloppy and they can't get good shots they miss shots it just gets really hard I mean you know you think about how they started that that second half against Michigan State you know they go on an 80 run they have the lead you're feeling good you're like hey this team's really looking like they got some fight to them and then as soon as Michigan State punches back Indiana just doesn't have an answer um and you know this team just can't consistently stay kind of on the gas you know and uh, that's that's gonna be, that's gonna be probably the big issue at Ohio State is is they might come out and, and start playing really well, but you just have that feeling like okay even if they have like a lead you know if Ohio State makes like a six to eight zero run this thing could just really just fall off the rails here so uh, that that's probably what a lot of fans worry about and rightfully so because this team has shown it they don't really have the capability to to kind of withhold that and withstand that um, and and hopefully we're wrong and hopefully this week off this this more than week off you know can kind of get them right and get them ready to go. Um, but it's just you know I mean fans are just going to default to feeling negative because we've seen in February the last couple of years this is where the season just kind of ends you know I mean we saw it last year just like you know they need to, to get some wins here and they lose like six in a row and and like now this season you're know, they like okay well they lost they lost it to Illinois but hey if you can go beat Northwestern you'll be all right and they lose that game and you're like all right well maybe they can beat Michigan State nope well we'll certainly you know crowd will be fired up for Wisconsin and then they were and the team comes out and, and they were had the lead a couple of times. Indiana really should have won that game. Man, I was, just, it was frustrating watching that game and, and, you know, they weren't able to win that. And this team just continues to let things snowball and snowball and, before you know it I mean they're going to be on the outside looking in and the tournament projections I mean we'll see what what a lost Monday would do to them I think right now they're hovering around the 11 line um so you know they're still in but they I mean they got a lot of work to do and they don't have a lot of room for error um, which is a concerning part especially this time of year
2: Dylan I had said that this four game streak starting with Northwestern and ending with Ohio State would be defining of this season and it very well could be but I said that thinking that after this four-game set ending Monday that there were some much more winnable games, and, and I think there are, but Rutgers is one of those games. You touched on him earlier. We don't know what's going on with Ron Harper's uh, hand. He had a, a finger injury uh, right at the end of a big performance and an upset win for Rutgers uh, earlier this week, but I saw that Rutgers has not only won four games in a row, but I believe they've knocked off four ranked teams in a row, so... Uh, we talk about what's ahead and what this team needs to do and how everybody's going to be on the edge of their seats through the the end of the season and obviously probably the Big 10 tournament as well uh Rutgers is no easier they're they're an Ohio state uh, talent or better
3: yeah and Rutgers has kind of had you know Indiana's number as of late over the last couple of years uh, Indiana has has really kind of struggled to beat them um and you know, we're going to have to – it's going to be a tough test for them. I mean, Rutgers is – you know, they beat Ohio State. They beat – you know, they won at Wisconsin. They they, they kind of ran through Illinois uh, earlier this week. And uh, they just look really, really good. And they just look just really scrappy and impressive and feisty, like how they always are. And, you know, those are the teams Indiana kind of struggles to deal with. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just these teams are not going to back down from Indiana. And I've always kind of felt like this over the last couple of years – has been, like, all these Big Ten teams, like, don't fear Indiana at all. They know, like, hey, if we can just, like, rally, like, you know, get, them to get these guys going or get them flustered a little bit, like, we'll probably have the advantage. And that's kind of been the case, you know, over the course of, of this season for some Big Ten teams as well. And uh, hopefully Indiana can kind of, kind of withhold some of that, but – I mean, you look at the other games, I mean, home against Maryland, you know, should be a win. But I mean, I I mean, just just on Super Bowl Sunday, I watched Maryland almost win at Purdue. Um, They looked really good and they looked really I mean, they played them really tough. I mean, you know, maybe they'll I mean, I know Indiana beat them easily at Maryland. But I mean, you just never know with these Big Ten teams and, you know, playing at the barn at Minnesota, you know, you caught catch Minnesota on the wrong night. Peyton Willis scores, you know, thirty points, you know, like we've seen him do a couple of times this year. You know, you could find yourself on the wrong end of that one. So, I mean, they're definitely winnable games, more winnable than than maybe the last couple for Indiana, but they're they're by no means kind of easy walk through wins, and that's kind of the the nervous part as well. Because if you lose Ohio State you know, you really need to win those three. And uh, I don't feel confident saying that they they will be able to do that. You know, that these, these big 10 teams are, are tough and they're always going to play tough and it's not going to be easy for Indiana, but um, I mean, they're going to have to rally together and find a way to do it. Um, And and it just kind of sucks that, you know, going into the big 10 tournament, uh, the game before that is is you're going to play at Purdue to close out your regular season. You know, what a way to get momentum heading into the important part of the big 10 tournament, you know? So uh the, the, all things are not lining up well for indiana but you know like we said they're still in the tournament as of now they can control their own destiny they just got to find a way to win some games and you know if they win monday at ohio state um the narrative shifts slightly about this season because then you're starting to feel really good and you're like okay they got that good huge road win against a ranked team a quad one win another one you know then you start to feel a lot better um, and then you go into that, that three-game stretch where, you know, you could definitely win all, all three of those. So uh, things could change Monday, uh, but but we'll see. And I don't I don't blame fans for not being optimistic about that at all because, it, you know, what we've seen from this team so far uh, shows that they probably uh, don't have much of a chance. But I guess we never know. You know, this is Mike Woodson's chance to really kind of show, you know, if he can kind of, you know, if he's got the culture changed around Indiana, if they can kind of break through mentally.
2: I tell you what, Rutgers, uh, or let me say this, Maryland at home, uh, and then at Minnesota, those two games, February 24 and February 27, back-to-back games, those are, to me, absolute must-win games as we talk about the path ahead for the Hoosiers. Obviously, as you say, a win Monday on the row would be, would be great for IU. It would be very helpful. Uh, the win at home over Rutgers uh, to start March would be great. To pick off Purdue, who could be a number one seed in the tournament, Unbelievable. Uh, That would all change this narrative greatly, but Maryland and Minnesota, those two games, I don't see any way you can feel good about IU's chances if they don't pick up those games based on the schedule that they've got the rest of the way and how the the Big Ten tournament could shake out. So uh, interesting, interesting, uh, edge-of-your-seat type environment ahead. For IU the rest of the way, Dylan. I, I did want to ask you about the IU women. Uh, they got back on the winning track last night. They've got a chance to bring home a Big Ten championship. Is this a IU women's team that can match, or I think the better question is, can they better their NCAA success from a year ago?
3: Um, it's going to be tough, but I definitely think they're capable of doing it. Um, you know, obviously going to the Elite Eight is is an incredible accomplishment, and uh, it's it's not the easiest thing in the world to replicate it, but. Uh, you know, they got all five starters back. Mackenzie Holmes just came back last night. She returned from having a knee injury, so um, really good getting her back. And, um, you know, this, you know it's it, been really exciting for them, and I know one of the things they really wanted to do is win the Big Ten championship. You know, they haven't done that. And uh, I, I was at Media Day earlier this year um, in Indianapolis, and I was talking to Terry Morin, and, um, you know, everyone, at, you know, and rightfully so, was talking about, you know, the national – National championship, you know, being to going to a Final Four, winning the national things like that, as they should, because this team, you know, is really good. And I and I just brought up to her like, hey, you know, I know you guys want to do this, but I know also winning a Big Ten title is something that means a lot because you know they just haven't been able to do it lately because Maryland's been so good. And they said, yeah, that's that's number one for us is we want to win a Big Ten championship. And right now they're in first place, uh, but they got a heck of a gauntlet coming up. I mean, they get Iowa at home Saturday, and then they're at Iowa on Monday. Um, and for those who don't know about Iowa, they have this incredible scorer named Caitlin Clark. I mean, she will pull up from 30 feet, 35 feet, and she can just knock them down. I mean, it's kind of like Steph Curry. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, she's really fun to watch. That's going to be two tough games. And then they close the regular season at Maryland. Um, of course, you know, one of the top teams in the Big Ten. So they got a gauntlet to close out the rest of the way. Um, and if they if they're able to survive this and and come on the top as Big Ten champions, then that's gonna be really, really impressive. And it'll be a great kind of momentum booster for them going into the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. And it'll give them a chance to host um, you know, an NCAA tournament game. So that'll be really awesome if they're able to host here in Bloomington and get an awesome crowd and in assembly hall. I mean, you remember the W N I T win uh, in 2018, they had 13,000 fans in Assembly Hall, and you know that was for the NIT. So just think of what they can do if they get an NCAA tournament game uh, here in Assembly Hall for them. I mean, that's really exciting time for this program. Um, So, I mean, I I think they're definitely capable of making a deep run. Never going to be easy, obviously, trying to do that, you know, win those many games in March. But this team definitely has the makeup of it. They're tough. You know, Terry Morin has always got them playing a really good style of basketball. They have a lot of good talent. They have experience as well, which is the key thing. So uh, it's an exciting time for them, and I encourage anyone who – you know, if you're getting refreshed at the men's season, you know, uh, watch out. Watch for the women on TV. Go to some games. Um, they're usually pretty cheap in assembly, so uh, it's an exciting time for them. Absolutely.
2: Hey, uh, we while we're talking about the women, uh, Tyra Bus, former IU player who <laughs> was wearing the Wisconsin uh, gear uh, earlier this week. Of course, she's I think engaged to uh, Davison of, of the Badgers, but uh, she really took some heat on social media and. She's one of the all-time beloved IU women's players, and she was kind of at the start of the transformation of the women's program under Coach Morin. And and, uh, it was interesting to see. Fans did not take uh, lightly to her supporting her future husband wearing the Wisconsin gear in Assembly Hall.
3: Yeah, I mean, you can kind of see both parts of that. I mean, I think it was a little disappointing um, with some of the language that I saw was used on Twitter and stuff toward kind of Brad Davidson and and with the mention of Tyron. I mean, that was kind of... Uh, you know, frustrating, but I mean, obviously, you know, you can, you can kind of give her some, you can be playful and fun about it for sure. But, you know, once you kind of cross the line, that's a little bit disappointing, but I mean, yeah, Tyra was an awesome player. You know, she was, she was a part of that WNIT team that won the, the championship that, that I, I was able to cover for the student paper. You know, she really, her and Amanda Cahill, they both, Changed kind of the, the 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 culture of this program. They changed kind of how you know people started to view it. They 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 just kind of changed a lot of things about it. They kind of got things going here. I mean, the team that we see right now for Indiana, it all started you know back with Tyra Buston and Amanda Cahill. You know, I was able to do an awesome story on her where I I I got to go. I you know I drove over to her hometown in Mark uh, Mount Carmel, Illinois, got to see you know where she played high school and got to see you know all these cool cool things about where she grew up to do kind of this in-depth you know feature story on her so she she was she was always really really she's a really good person and she was always fun to talk to in an interview so um yeah it was you know i'm i'm sure i mean i know indiana fans uh you know they probably all still love her but i mean some of the things that we saw uh, that were said were kind of disappointing to see from hoosier fans but i mean i guess in the heated battle you know some things might be said but yeah that that was kind of funny and the tv broadcast really loved to play that up <laughs> they showed her a bunch of times and uh, you know the the, the worst part is, is 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 Brad Davidson got to leave Assembly Hall with a win. I mean, come on, what do we you know we gotta we gotta be able to beat them at some point, and, and you know that was, that was disappointing. But yeah, uh, Tyra is a great player, all time leading scorer in in women's basketball history. Uh, she was really fun to watch, and she kind of got things kick started for this program.
2: All right, Dylan Wallace with us on Fridays. Dylan always fun. Fun. Have a great weekend, and we'll do this all over again next Friday.
3: Yep, sounds good. Thank you.
2: All right, we will uh, get ready for a break here, our final of the hour. I just saw some breaking news, non-sports related, that Indiana University will move to a mask optional policy starting on March 4, so coming up here in just a few weeks. And uh, that will be the first time since August of 2020 that students will not be required to wear masks inside classrooms and other campus buildings. So uh, for spring sports at IU, that's not going to do a whole bunch for the basketball team, what is there, maybe one game after that date but uh, that will help with uh, fans not wanting to wear a mask, but that will be changed. That will become optional uh, starting March 4 at IU on campus. And then yesterday evening I saw that a number of areas' school systems with some new guidance out from the Indiana Department of Education and the State Health Department – uh, Mass will be optional starting as soon as next week in some of our local schools. So COVID numbers going down. Let's hope this is permanent and not just part of uh, this most recent uh, Omicron wave that has caused a lot of problems here locally. We'll head to a break. We're back with Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star. High school hoops tonight on the Big X. It's Bedford at New Albany, a 7:15 airtime with our pregame coverage. Back with one more segment. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennis. It's another big weekend of basketball in our state. Lots of high school games for the boys as the regular season slowly comes to a close and the pairings come out on Sunday, obviously, for the boys' tournament. But the girls will be front and center again on Saturday. There's games afternoon and evening at various semi-state locations across the state of Indiana Uh, as we wind down, hard to believe, start to wind down the girls' basketball tournament. And Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star joins us right now to talk about it all. Kyle, the uh, march to Indianapolis is in full effect for the girls. Uh, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, we'll have uh, the matchups 1A through 4A and know who's going to compete for state championships.
1: Yeah, it should be a fun day of basketball, and I know locally, you know, there's a kind of an underdog story with Mooresville making it down to uh, play uh, Franklin, which uh, two co- mid-state conference teams playing against each other. And Franklin uh, won easily last time they played. But I covered the Mooresville team the past weekend at the regional; they knocked off uh, North Central and Ben Davis, and, uh, and of course, the Mark has been there coaching a long time at Mooresville, always has good teams and and it'll be fun to see what they, you know, how that game goes. And then I know down your way, you know, Silver Creek is obviously uh, making another run and Bishop Chittard from up here will be uh, probably a pretty significant underdog there, but, um but yeah, it should be, it should be a good day. And then up North, of course, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, uh, in the 4A game, uh, Noblesville and Crown Point, Crown Point, of course, you know, made it to the, uh, runner-up last year, and and uh, they're actually they beat Brownsburg. Brownsburg was runner-up in the four A game, and then Noblesville, such a great team this year. So two two powerful teams there meeting up up at uh, Logansport. Kyle, can you give us any kind
2: of uh, report on the Bishop Chittard girls? From everything I've read and and learned this week Uh, they have really improved as the season went on they started with a a not a good record at all in the first two or three weeks of the season but have able to really uh, have some success as things moved on
1: yeah they're kind of a surprise too I would say Um, you know it's it's funny that you know I I covered Tri West who I think a lot of people up here kind of thought they would uh, and certainly I think they felt pretty good about you know because they played in the in the semi-state last year and then you got through a tough Danville team in the sectional final. And then, you know, I don't think they were looking ahead, but I think people kind of thought they would be the favorite going into Greencastle. And then, uh, Chittard emerges and not, a, not a huge surprise. I mean, Chatard is, uh, probably a little bit of a surprise. Like you said, they didn't start great, but they also played a really tough schedule, uh, to open the season too. And, you know, they have a new coach, uh, Dan Wagner, uh, this year, but, uh, really balanced, uh, team, um you know Caroline Bell is their top scorer and and I know that family you know personally really good athlete um you know a a family of good athletes in the in the Bell family so you know but they she doesn't average I think she's about 10 points a game you know so they're very balanced I would say and and have a lot of different players who can who can pitch in and score for them but you know they're they're a team that's really well tested I would say that's probably the biggest thing is they play a lot of 4A teams a lot of uh you know teams that um, you know challenged them during the season. They lost a lot of those teams early in the year, so you know they're not going to be intimidated by anything. I don't think, but yeah, I think definitely probably still a um, underdog going into that game.
2: All right, Kyle, a couple uh, questions for you. One, a negative situation. You had a story earlier in the week, and I, I saw some Twitter video clips. Never good when there's a fight in high school basketball, and unfortunately. In our world today, across the country, and with how social media is, you see more and more uh, reports of fights or negative actions at uh, youth sport sporting events, high school sporting events. But you don't see many in Indiana, and I better knock on wood as I say that. However, uh, there was, it looked like from what I saw, a pretty negative situation up in Fort Wayne between Northside and Northrop uh, earlier in the week the game had to be to be cancelled. say is looking into it further. just not good stuff as we head into March madness in our state uh, to have these sort of storylines circulating around high school basketball.
1: No, that's right Matt. I, I definitely cringe every time I see something uh, across the you know Twitter or you know whatever and then I looked into it a little bit on I think it was Wednesday morning. Uh, and I haven't heard anything as far as like I knew the IHSA was looking into it. I haven't uh, heard anything as far as, a, you know, a result from that yet. And I'm assuming both schools and I think the schools as of this morning hadn't heard anything yet either. So I, I think there was some, you know, they're they're probably going to uh, come up with their own punishment and then see what the IHSA would say. Um, and it did, it was, you know, as I watched it a few times, it wasn't maybe, you know, as bad as we've seen, which that sounds bad and negative to say, you know, because you don't want to see anything like that ever. And if a game's called off, I mean, obviously something is, is wrong. You know, they, that should never be the case. But, yeah, late in the third quarter it was Northside and uh, Northrop. And, you know, one of the best players in the state is on that Northrop team, uh, Jalen Jackson, who's going to uh, Illinois-Chicago next year uh and he'll he should be an indian all-star this year i i think uh probably pretty uh, much a lock i would say he's having a great year you can see him on the video just kind of standing off by himself you know and it's kind of like he's probably wa- wondering you know what uh the future holds you know as that scene is unfolding in front of him and you know you feel bad for kids who aren't involved directly and and you know might be negatively affected but it looked to me like it was mostly two kids the two kids who kind of got tangled on the rebound and then, you know, it further escalated. One of them pushed and then the other one pushed back and then it kind of just, you know, devolved into a, you know, pulled down to the floor and everybody surrounds and then probably looks worse because you have everybody surrounding them, pulling them off. Um, you know, but it didn't appear to me there was anything beyond those two kids uh, individually. So, you know, always my hope would be those two kids are whatever happens to them, and then the teams are able to to keep playing. But yeah, I haven't heard specifically what you know the the result. I don't think there's been a result yet as far as the um, you know what the punishment will be.
2: Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Kyle, this next uh, point to close out, I, I want to bring up the last time we spoke about this. Uh, I I got some interesting reaction from listeners of the show, but you had uh, IHSA Commissioner Paul Niedig. You did a story with him, a Q and A with him, which you do from time to time. Uh, which I think are great, and in fact, we're going to have him on Sunday as part of our pairing show to talk about the tournament and, and so forth. But you, you ask him for an update on the shot clock uh, proposal or situation, or you know which side you know is is pushing uh, on that. What what did he have to say in your Q and A with him about the shot clock situation, which some other states have adopted here in future seasons?
1: Yeah, uh, every time I talk to him, I'll ask him <laughs> just to kind of see where, you know, because there are more states who are going to it. And I think Iowa, uh, if I remember right, was the most recent maybe who who will adopt it going into next year. And All of this kind of changed, too, in the National Federation of High Schools. Uh, they they accepted a shot clock or, you know, and some states were doing it anyway, but they basically said, yeah, you can do it and you won't be negatively affected uh, because the states who were doing it didn't have a vote for some of the, you know, whatever the case may be, they wouldn't have a vote on some boards and things like that. But now they are allowed and, you know, some states are doing it. Uh, Paul Nidig basically said it hasn't really become a big issue. It's, you know, they'll, they'll look into it or they'll consider it if there is a uh, push for it from, you know, someone makes a proposal or the IBCA uh, makes proposals, stuff like that. Uh, you know, according to Paul Nidig, it doesn't come up. You know, it comes up from fans, but not uh, from, uh, the schools themselves. So I think we're still, you know, I do still think at some point it'll happen down the road. But you know, that's just my, you know, just my opinion. Uh, there's nothing really now that would say uh, it's about to happen. So I know it's a, it's a, always a. Uh, kind of a topic that comes up a lot but there doesn't seem to be a a push for it as of right now anyway
2: yeah all right Kyle Nedrip the Indianapolis star Kyle enjoy a great weekend of basketball always great to have you on Fridays and we'll talk next week
1: sounds good thanks a lot Matt you too that's
2: going to wrap things up for this Friday show and for this week thank you so much for being with us don't forget if you ever miss the live show you can find us as a podcast we're available Anywhere you listen to podcasts, all you gotta do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And don't forget we've got high school basketball coming your way tonight. Bedford North Lawrence at New Albany, 715 the pregame show. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.